It seems like this year is already whipping by, like we're done with January, on to February, soon enough. We will be, hard to believe, but it will happen in the summer months. And the Olympics are coming up in Tokyo 2020. I love the summer games. I think they're fascinating. And right now, a lot of people are qualifying for the summer games. And there was some question on if um, a controversial shoe would be allowed um, in, uh, will be sanctioned for uh, some running events in the Olympics. Nike's Vaporfly, we got the news on Friday that the world governing body for track and field said it will allow Nike's Vaporfly shoes to be worn in elite competition this summer as it set new restrictions on footwear. Here to talk about it, Alex Hutchinson is a journalist with Canadian Running Magazine. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. Um, it's interesting because I think, you know, running is one of those those sports that is incredibly accessible. And so many of us, when we watch people, uh, you know, running these elite runners and, and athletes, we don't think about the fact that they could be actually given a, this is a bad pun, but a bit of a leg up by the shoes they're wearing. Tell us what was so special about these vapor flies. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, we often think of running as a sort of pure sport, and I think that's why this was so controversial, because this is a shoe that was introduced two years ago in, in 2017, has a carbon fiber plate running through the, the, the sole of the shoe, and a very thick sole that's, that's super bouncy that helps sort of when you land on it, and it kind of pushes you forward. So and it, 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 there's been various tests, and it seems to make elite runners a couple minutes faster over a marathon, which is huge. So it's made a huge difference in the last couple of years to records being set and, and people qualifying for the Olympics. You know, there, there's, I guess the question mark is, is using technology to get ahead in sports equal to doping? Um, but we see other sports, like Chris mentioned, you know, when you watch the uh, people in the velodrome, they're uh, biking in those aerodynamic suits what's the difference between you know an aerodynamic suit and uh, a running shoe that gives you a little edge yeah yeah that's a great question that people have been arguing about for two years now because uh, and i think what you said at the beginning is is important that we have certain expectations of, of what it takes to run fast um and it, you know in, in cycling everyone knows you, you might spend ten thousand bucks on a, a fancy uh a bike but in running we think of it as a simple sport now of course there's always been technology changing and running spiked shoes people used to run on cinder tracks now they run on fast rubberized tracks so there's always been a little technology but there was the sense that whoa 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 i thought this was sort of mano a mano uh but actually it turns out that the shoes could be determining who's winning a race Give us an idea of, of how uh, these shoes have changed running. Well, I mean, probably about twice as many people are running the Olympic qualifying standards as as would have done maybe even just two years ago. Um, you know, the Canadian women's marathon record just got shattered by uh, two minutes in one go a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Canadian half marathon record for women has been broken twice in the last couple of weeks. Um, so it's just it's a whole different level. And, and basically what's happening is these shoes allow you to run at the same pace that, that you would have otherwise while burning a couple of percent less energy, about 4% less energy uh, or, or maybe even more. So you can you have more energy, you can go a little faster, or you can keep going for a little longer. Okay, so these uh, allow you to go uh, farther, faster. They're sort of like uh, baby bionic man technology. <laughs> yeah, you can't leap over any buildings, but you can you can just run a little bit. Tiny oh, bit. yeah, he did do that, didn't he? Nike's Vaporfly sneakers, they retail for about 250 bucks. So people have been saying, you know, this does make a sport that should be accessible. Kind of an elitist sport when you're going through a couple of pair of these you know, or a pair of these, you know, every couple months if you're an elite runner. These new guidelines 
Were you shocked by the fact that they said, okay, you know what, we'll allow the vapor fly because they've decided that they're going to not allow, allow another Nike shoe, which is the Alpha Fly? Yeah, and the Alpha Fly is basically just the next generation of the Vaporfly. It's been, it's been updated already once. It would have been the third version of the Vaporfly, and each version was getting a little bit better and also a little bit crazier looking, uh, thicker sole. Like they almost, the Alpha Fly looks almost like moon boots, and it was debuted uh, last fall by a guy named Elliot Kipchoge who ran an exhibition race. He ran a sub-two-hour marathon, and I think that was actually the breaking point. They were going to let the Vaporflies go, uh, and then they saw the Alpha Fly. It's like, well, it's like an arms race. The shoes keep getting better every year. We have to put a limit on it. So they didn't. They didn't want to rewind the clock and say we're going to ban all the performances that have gone over, got, taken place in the last two years. But they wanted to say this is how far it goes. Stop making the shoes bigger. Stop making them better. Let's get back to having everyone on a relatively even playing field. Could they have done that? Um, you know, like if you'd already qualified for the Olympics, uh, could they have said no? You're running in a shoe that's not sanctioned. Uh, they could have. Uh, more likely is what they would have done. Uh, what, what more likely what they would have done is something like the swimming governing body did about ten years ago when there were all these crazy fast swimsuits around the two thousand eight two thousand nine Olympics, and they in two thousand ten they said those swimsuits are now banned. You can't use them anymore. But all the performances that were were done in them up to now. Uh, will will be permitted to stand because the the athletes didn't know that they were going to be banned. So it's 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 a little bit harsh to to, to try and take back a performance that's been done. But if they banned the Vaporfly now, what it would mean is anyone still trying to qualify for the Olympics would be screwed because the times required have gotten so fast because of the Vaporflies. So in a sense, they were kind of boxed in. There was no good way to ban them without being unfair to people. So they decided to allow them. The World uh, Athletics uh, panel did decide, though, that they would they'd instigate an indefinite moratorium on any shoes with soles thicker than uh, 40 millimeters or with more than one rigid plate embedded in the shoe to enhance its spring. And from April 30th, it will also uh, ban from competition any shoes that have not been on public sale for four months. Do you think that's fair? I think that's a, a really, really important clause, especially the last part about prototypes. Because when the vapor flies were first introduced, so they were introduced to the public in 2016, but in, I mean 2017, but in 2016, a few select runners received hidden prototypes. They were disguised as other shoes, and they won the Olympics. They won the, they took the top three spots in the men's marathon and the top spot in the women's marathon. And so that's actually even more. It's one thing to have a shoe that's really good. It's worse to have a shoe that's really good that only a few people have access to. So what they've said is that they're going to put a stop to this practice of giving a few top athletes prototypes and letting them race before everyone else can get, can get their hands on the shoes. Do you think we're going to continue debating if technology uh, is equal to doping in sports? I think we're going to continue debating about where the line should be uh, in, in running and in every other sport. There's, there's always progress, uh, and it's, it, it's always a, a sort of judgment call to decide what we should allow and what we shouldn't. Sure, um, we don't run in togas anymore, and they used to in the Olympics. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, man, in the old days, you used to have to you have to be barefoot and naked. So, uh, you know, I think that. Well, I don't know if I would argue bringing that. That would be a ratings boon. <laughs> it, it could it could go either way, but uh, yeah, it's it's always a source of debate because nothing you know nothing time doesn't stand still, and I think it's not that the debate's bad. I think it's important to have these debates and decide what we want sport to be about at any given moment. And and in this case, we've decided yes, you can have shoes that are 
it's pretty pretty fancy and, and, and somewhat expensive, but we're going to draw the line here and not go any further. Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for joining us. You can read Alex's work in Canadian Running Magazine. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Kelly.